0: In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Tell me, do you think you ought to try to be like the Samaritan in the parable? And if you were to try, do you think you would succeed? I say that you should not try to be good like that man, and that if you do try, you will only end up being a burden to yourself. I see a lot of furrowed brows out there, so let me explain. Think again about the Samaritan. Do you think that he woke up that morning and decided to go out and be a good Samaritan, to try to do one random act of kindness that day. No, I do not think our Samaritan, the one Jesus depicts in his parable, did anything at all like that. He did not set out to rescue a half-dead Jew lying by the road. Rather, the Samaritan of the parable is traveling along to wherever he's going, manifestly about some other business than being a good Samaritan when he's drawn up short by the sight of the half-dead man. As Jesus tells it, the Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him. The Samaritan is interrupted by from his purposes by the sight of the half-dead man. Seeing the man, he's moved. He has compassion. He feels for the man and he turns aside from his own journey. He does precisely what he did not seek to do, what he did not want to do, in fact. Rather, he's compelled by the sight of the half-dead man. He turns from his own purposes because he has encountered a fellow human being in need. As the poet Seamus Haney put it in a very different context, the sight of the dying man has caught his heart off guard and blown it open I wonder how do you imagine the samaritan felt about the whole situation i wonder if he was kind of quietly grumbling to himself the whole time about the delay all this was causing him doing what he knew he had to do but eager to get back to his journey But In fact, I do not think that we are meant to imagine that the Samaritan thought much about himself at all. On the contrary, Jesus emphasizes just how little the Samaritan thinks of himself. All the focus is on what the Samaritan does to care for the half-dead man. There is a sense in which the Samaritan's actions are almost instinctual, without thought, without attention to what he himself is doing. There's a passage from a book by Rebecca West that shows something of what I mean. In her book, Black Lamb and Grey Falcon, Rebecca West reflects on the assassination of King Alexander I of Yugoslavia in 1934. The king had just arrived in Marseilles for an official state visit to France and he was being driven from the port to the city center in an open car, when within a few hundred yards of setting off, he was shot dead. And the assassination was captured on film, as the newsreel cameramen were stationed only a short distance away. Here's what Rebecca West writes about that footage. The camera returns to the car and we see the king. He's lying almost flat on his back on the seat. It is certain that he is dying because he is the center of a manifestation which would not happen unless the living had been shocked out of the reserve by the presence of death. Innumerable hands are caressing him. Hands are coming from everywhere, over the back of the car, over the sides, through the windows, to caress the dying king, and they are supremely kind. They are far kinder than faces can be, for faces are Martha's, burdened with many cares because of their close connection with the mind. But these hands express the mindless sympathy of living flesh for flesh that is about to die. They're men's hands, but they move tenderly as the hands of women fondling their babies. They stroke his cheek as if they were washing it with kindness. Something like this, I think, must be the compassion called forth from the Samaritan by the dying man, almost instinctual, as if another will is at work in him. Now what does Jesus mean when he says at the end of the parable, go and do thou likewise? It's clear, of course, that doing likewise means showing mercy like the Samaritan in the parable. But if what we suggested about the parable just now holds any weight then doing likewise cannot mean trying really, really, really hard to be merciful. Because that's not what the Samaritan in the parable did, was it? He was only trying to go on a journey. He did not set out to be merciful. He simply was merciful. The trouble with trying to be good is that you end up thinking too much of yourself you end up stumbling over yourself, as it were, looking at yourself, seeing only your own motivations rather than seeing your neighbor or your God. John Chapman, who was an English Benedictine monk of the last century and an influential writer, wrote in one of his letters this. He said, Don't let's think about ourselves too much or worry about what we might have done or are going to do, or about what we feel or do not feel. All this is want of straightforwardness and simplicity. Not that we can try to be simple. God does that for us. But our part is one, to think of ourselves, to think of others, and two, to be with God. In another letter, John Chapman says this, Do not exhaust yourself by making efforts. You seem still to think that you can make yourself good. You can't. God can and will, though slowly perhaps. Try to simply be at his disposition, ready to be recollected or distracted as he wills, to feel good or to feel wicked, which is closer to humility, to be wretched or to be consoled. It is the only way of learning That we depend entirely on God, that we have nothing from ourselves, that even our love and desire of Him tends to be selfish. The royal way of the cross is the only way, he writes. How then are we to do what Christ commands? Go and do thou likewise. How are we to show mercy? How are we to love God and neighbor? only by the gift of God. St. Augustine knew this truth in the depths of his soul. In his confessions, he prays, My entire hope is entirely, exclusively, on your very great mercy. Grant what you command, and command what you will. And Again, grant what I love, for I love it, and that love was your gift. It's an acknowledgement that all good, all our desires, come from God's gift. In the ordination rites in the classic Book of Common Prayer, the priest, the bishop, reminds the person about to be ordained priest of the excellency and difficulty of priestly ministry. And then the bishop says to him. Albeit ye cannot have a mind and will thereto of yourselves, for that will and ability is given of God alone. Therefore he ought, and have need, to pray earnestly for his Holy Spirit. In other words, you cannot even want to do what you are promising to do, much less have the power to do it, apart from the gift of God. So ask for God's help. It's through the Holy Spirit that the Lord makes us good, makes us into the loving and merciful people he commands us to be. Go and do thou likewise, he says, he who gives what he commands. For we cannot have a mind and will thereto of ourselves. You see, if we were to look at the parable and place ourselves in it, of all the characters there, we would be most like the dying man. And our Lord is most like the Samaritan. We have fallen among thieves, as it were, damaged by sin and subject to death. But Christ our God has seen us and has had compassion on us and treated us in his great mercy. Out of his great love, he has emptied himself and come to us He has bound up our wounds. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And he is at work healing our sin-sick souls. He teaches us to pray, as he taught Augustine. My entire hope lies exclusively in your very great mercy. In his church, he teaches us how dependent we are on his mercy. He humbles us with his word. He shows us mercy at his table. He makes us into a people who rely entirely on the manifold and great mercies of the Lord, who is full of compassion and mercy, the Lord whose property is always to have mercy, who shows and showers us with mercy, grants us to love as he loved us, strengthening healing us by the gift of the Holy Spirit, transforming us into the image of Christ Jesus, giving us hearts full of compassion and abounding in love, that we, having received his mercy, might by the power of the Holy Spirit, as a tree bears fruit, show mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.